Hello and welcome to the Game Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Vicini. We are presented by The Athletic. Today on the show, it is the most anticipated, the most exciting, the best podcast of the NBA preseason preview. It has become a yearly tradition. I think we've been doing this, what, for four years? Something like that? I think four. Yeah, I think like four. Uh, Dear Sweet... Friend of the program, Robbie Calland is here. The only man who loves to bet NBA win total over-unders as much as I do. Uh, the only podcast, this is the only podcast that does NBA win total over-unders as a preview. A unique uh, concept piece. to us. It is the unique New York concept <laughs> of the Game Theory podcast. We we patented this. This is definitely right. a thing. Um Robbie Calland is here, and we're going to run through in a two-part podcast, so the rest of it will be out later this week. In a two-part podcast, Robbie and I are going to go through the Eastern Conference in this episode, the Western Conference in the next episode, previewing all of the teams and their over-under win totals. Robbie, it's so good to be here with you. You're like a week out from getting married. I feel like it's so funny because the last, I feel like the last two years we've done these, mm-hmm. we've talked about you getting married and because of the pandemic, you just have not been able to get married in that time. That's, that's correct. <laughs> Robbie is finally getting married uh, next week. Come uh, the, high water, we're doing it. Yeah. The week that these podcasts will actually come out, your, your, your wedding is what? It's like October. It's like October 2nd. Yeah, right. I thought if I remembered that, yeah. So, you know, he'll be in the he'll be in the week lead up to his wedding, and I could not be more excited for Robbie. I feel like I'm we've been be. we've been previewing your wedding for years on this show. <laughs> it's a, it's about time we're going to be out there getting it in in Vegas. I'll be able to I'll be able to just put my put my windows in on site. <laughs> just straight off the plane. <laughs> In your vows, Atlanta over. <laughs> I, I vow to you to bet the Atlanta over in the 2021-22. I vow, I, vow, I vow to cash these winners. I know that. <laughs> oh, man. How, how are things going? Like, is the, is the lead up good? Like, you're just rolling right along? Yeah, man. I mean, we're pretty much set. Um, I've been grinding open table tonight, getting reservations for all of the various days before and days after because we're staying a couple days after for like a little mini moon type thing. Just have a couple days. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're, you know, we're good. Um, moved across the country out here in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Fabulous. Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, did that two weeks ago. So I highly recommend to people to move to plan a cross country move and get married in the same month it's definitely not stressful at all in yeah, no way at least like Laura and I decided to get married and then like start our like cross planet move mm-hmm. uh yeah you doing this all at once that is the most fucking bonkers thing i've ever heard in my life it wasn't supposed to happen, but you know, job openings come when job openings come, and you got to start when you got to start. And so here we are, but we made it in one piece to Chattanooga, and uh, yeah, man, back to Vegas. It's, and, and it's look, fun to like plan a wedding 
partially because you're going to be able to drive to the location and then to end up having to fly there anyway. Oh, my God. That's a bad B. Scott Vampo. Oh, my God. Uh, Robbie's still at Uprock Sports. We don't got to worry about that. It's just his lovely partner is uh, right. has a new job. So we, uh, right. you know, we're excited. We're excited about everything here. Robbie, when you looked at these over-unders, what, what was your initial thought? Because mine was just like, oh, shit, I'm going to bet like 20 unders this year. And it ended up, I ended up dead on at 15-15. Yeah, I mean, I think part of it was like this, still kind of figuring out the sticker shock of being back at 82 games. I think, you know, last year we talked about, okay, it's going to be 72 games. Everything's going to feel low. And so this year, just like when I first went through this, I was like, man, these seem high. And then I was like, 10 more games, Robbie, 10 more games. <laughs> so I think, I think once, once you make the adjustment, I mean, there, there are, we'll, we'll get to them, but there's some that are uh, eyebrow raising and, you know, there's a lot of factors to consider this year. Uh, you know, I, we'll see. We'll see. I think I think I, I usually end up about 16, 14, 17, 13 on the under because that's just my natural instinct because you got to talk me out of an under just as a, as a human being on everything. That's the default. Underdogs and unders, you got to talk me out of it. And so usually well, I end I, up a little skewed to the under, but try to find that balance. And I think it's like a similar deal often – it was a little bit different because every game is like a zero sum game in the NBA, yes. right? Whereas like with player props, player props are not zero sum and you should frankly just like bet under on every player prop every year and you will win yep. money. Um just because guys get hurt, right? And injuries end up coming up and guys like Demetric Felton for the Browns end up getting 50 yards in a game where Jarvis Landry is supposed to be playing that role. Right. So then you're down and Jarvis Landry's on IR now, but like Jarvis Landry is um, at least down 50 yards from where his over under would be. So like, it, it's just hard uh, with uh, over unders in a way that player props aren't. But I think that yours in my mind tends to be so geared toward, Oh shit, we should be going under because we should always go under like it, it's, you know, you have to shake free of it. You do have to shake yeah. free, and and really, it just comes down to for me is like, I think I tend to be a touch more skeptical that everything's going to work out, especially with young teams. Like my default on a team that is younger is going to be especially on the under. I think we talked about that last year, and it ended up being wrong with like Charlotte. Is we we're like this is going to be a young team. They're going to make mistakes. They're not going to be particularly good. Right. They ended up being pretty good. Obviously, the, I think some of those veterans played better than we thought. Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward played better than I think we anticipated. And as such, those are your kind of winning players. And then when they combine with some young guys emerging, you end up with, with a little bit of an over. So um, I, I think I think we'll probably end up – I'll probably end up in the, in the 16, 14, 17, 13 under range. But um, we'll run through it and see. Okay, so let's let's get started here. We go alphabetical order through the Eastern Conference here. We're going to start with Robbie Callens, dear sweet Atlanta Hawks. 
as we always Just do, not only because Robbie is from Atlanta, mm-hmm. but because they're realistically the only team that starts with an A in the NBA. Robbie, yep. 47.5 is our number here. That mm-hmm. struck me as high originally, and then I came right back around, baby. Yes, that's correct. Um, I, this feels like a pretty decent over to me. Like, we, we can, you know, anybody who's listened to this pod over the years knows that we will we'll tell you if it's just a lean because we're going to pick all of them and yeah. we're not going to the two of us both be betting 30 of these uh we'll tell you when it's a lean and we'll tell you when we feel pretty good about it. this is this is one that actually probably ends up on my card um i like the over i mean this is a team that won right around this pace last year and that was including a dreadful start i do think they played a bit over their head at the very end, I don't think they were that like 55-win pace team that they were under Nate McMillan after the All-Star break. But I do think this is reasonably a 49-50-win team. Um, you talk about getting healthier. And this is just a really deep team. The questions for me about this team is, do they have the top-level guys come playoff time? But depth is not an issue for this Hawks team. They got too deep pretty much everywhere. And that helps you win in the regular season. So I think I'm like pretty in on this Hawks team, like even more than you are. Like, I think this like might be a 50 win team, like just straight That's up. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think they very much could be, they could be the three seed in the East. Yeah. Like they went 27 and 11, uh, over their last 38 games, uh, uh, that was, I think, a little bit after Nate McMillan took over, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think it was um, like right as he took over. Yeah, they go on like that eight-game win streak, and it's just like off to the races, and then they make the Eastern Conference Finals earlier than anyone anticipates. I mean, this team should be better. Like, mm-hmm. you just kind of look at the guys on the roster. They're going to get just upward youth-based improvement, theoretically, from all of Trey Young, Kevin Herter, DeAndre Hunter, who played 23 of those games last year and looked amazing before he got hurt. Cam Reddish, who played 26 games last year and looked pretty good in the minutes that he did play outside of his shooting. Like, you should get some pretty real upside-based, like, improvement here in a way that like you just may not have gotten last year. And plus, on top of that, you're going to get a full year of strong backup point guard play because mm-hmm. they acquired Lou Williams late. I mean, if you guys remember those Rajon Rondo minutes early in the year last year, it was bad. They were un like he was unplayable yeah. in those minutes. So not much changed when he got to LA, so. Yeah, but like you've got you got Lou Williams and you've got DeLon Wright, both of whom should be able to handle that position. Mm-hmm. You've got Gorgie Jang inside kind of handling the center position while Nyeka Okongwu is recovering from injury. Well, and uh, and there, I think there, Okong- that's a, that could be, you know, Okongwu played great in the playoffs, but if, you, if you're talking about like regular season, like Gorgie Jang is like a really solid backup center. Yeah, like, totally. People, people, I think checked out on him when he signed that contract in Minnesota and it became an albatross, but like he's just become a very solid backup center. Like they upgraded this roster this offseason. Yeah. Without a doubt. In specifically they upgraded it in ways that are going to help them win more regular season games. I yes. Think. Yes. So 
I'm with you. I think this is like one of the better numbers on the market right now. 47 and a half for the Hawks. I'm like pretty solidly over on this. Like yeah. that, that's a that's one that's in bold for me. Yeah, this one's this one's on the card. I think the big thing is like, and I, I talk about this a lot. Is you know, you mentioned you should get the internal development of those young guys, and I, I'm always cautious on that because my my whole thing is development is never lin, uh, linear. Uh, guys kind of go through peaks and valleys on the way in their development. So like I, theoretically, yes. But the thing is, it's like even if some of those guys stall, like you said, just by virtue of being a little healthier. They were one of the most banged up teams in the league last year. If you just get, you know, Gallo, it took forever for him to get on the floor. And, um, you know, Bogdanovich missed time. And Hunter, obviously, and Reddish. And, like, I, I think getting a full season or close to a full season with some of those guys just naturally gives you, you know, a few wins in spots that they lost last year. And and yeah, yeah, I think I think 49 to 50 is where I would have this. Like I would set this over under at 49 and a half and I think it would be a much trickier call, but like 47 and a half I feel quite comfortable with. I think I do too. I mean, there's just like there's just a lot of room for error here for Yeah, them. I think that's the big thing. Like, like they, even they if the really internal de- thing. yeah, oh, like sorry. even if the internal development doesn't come, they mm-hmm. still have Gallo. They still have Bogdanovich. Like, even if guys Capella. get hurt, they have all the depth in the world. Like, mm-hmm. they have so many guys that I think can just like kind of make it work. It's, uh, I think it's like really really easy to like see this as being good. I mean, like I'm pretty sure that like they lost the third most games in the NBA last year due to injury. And they, Mm -hmm. according to man games lost, which is a Twitter account that follows these things. uh, They had the third most wins lost due to missing certain injured players. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I think this is, I think this number is like too low by, you know, Maybe like I think that, I think it's probably too low by two wins. I think they should be yeah. their over under should be a fifty win team in yeah, my opinion. That's, that's where I'm at. I, I think and and they're just gonna be good. Like and the other thing is, that I think last year that playoff run what that helps them with is I think some of that anxiety about what comes next is taken away a little bit. There's certainly pressure on them, but I think that pressure is playoff pressure now. Where last yeah. year early on, I think they really struggled with this idea that they need to make the playoffs. And I, I think once they got past that, and it was compounded by the injuries, once they got past that, because it had been, you know, Lloyd Pierce said, we're going to make the playoffs, that's the goal. And you know that was kind of organizationally, it's like, we've got to make the playoffs this year. And I think early on, there was some pressure and some lemon booty in some late games. I mean, I remember there was a Cavs game early on where they just like forgot to guard Lamar Stevens and he got a wide open dunk at the buzzer to beat them. Um, and like there were just some real bad mistakes that like they didn't make again, and I don't think you're going to see them make this year. More continuity means more early wins. Having that playoff run takes a little of the pressure off early. Now the pressure is going to come when they reach the playoffs, and there's expectations to make another run to the semis, maybe threaten the conference finals. But this is a regular season 
discussion. I think this is solid overall. Okay. Next up, the Boston Celtics. Boston's over-under is 45.5. To me, this number seems pretty dead on. Uh, I I will ask you the question that I asked Fred Katz on the last podcast. Mm -hmm. How many games in Robert Williams' three-year career do you think Robert Williams has played at least 30 minutes in a game? How many games? Yeah. Like, how many single games has he played at least 30 minutes? 50? He has played one game where he's gotten 30 <laughs> minutes in a game. I was, like, trying to think of, like, what would... Like, I was trying to think what would be reasonable. One? Yeah, because, A, he's injured, like, a decent amount. And yeah. B, like, he just doesn't... Like it's hard. I think it's hard for him to stay on the floor for that long and like be effective. Uh, the, the one game where Robert Williams played at least 30 minutes came against New Orleans last year in March, uh, March 29th against New Orleans. And he was really good in that game. Like he had seven points, three blocks, five assists, 10 rebounds, like typical Robert Williams, you know, high minute load game. But like it's just hard. Like he he went a he went a stretch last year in March and like through the middle of April where he played 25 minutes a night and averaged 10 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 blocks, shot 70% from the field. Like f- phenomenal numbers, right? But then he got hurt for a little while and missed the next like 7 games and then they had him like on a 20 minute per game minute load and then missed, you know, five games late in the year and didn't play in their final two playoff games against Brooklyn. Like this is who Boston is relying on as their, I don't want to say like starting center because I don't know necessarily what they're going to do. Like, do they start Al Horford? Do they uh, start both Al Horford and Robert Williams? Like, I think that's like a real distinct. I don't like that I think that it's possible. I don't like that I, at all. I, look, I don't, I, it's not what I would do, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> it's possible. I hadn't even considered that as a possibility. That's That sounds awful. Well, is, no, is it do worse that. or better than starting Dennis Schroeder and Marcus Smart with, like, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and one of those two? I don't Basically, would you that. rather start both Horford and Williams or Dennis Schroeder? I think I'd rather start Dennis. I think Dennis is fine. Especially given what they have. I think uh, I think Dennis is fine. I'd rather have I think I'd rather have Al out there with like if you're if you if you want to start Robert, I think I'd rather have Al out there as kind of like a little bit of a security ba- blanket for Peyton Pritchard. Mm, that's a good idea. That's actually a really good idea. Because just a little pick and pop guy, somebody who's going to set him good screens. Um, not like a great role threat, but I don't think that's Pritchard's real strength is like operating pick and roll and throwing lobs. Like get somebody yeah. that can create him some separation for that jump shot. And if they bring too much attention to him can pop out as Al's been doing forever. I would do it that way and let Dennis run with that first unit because I think the the best version of Dennis we've seen 
has been that year he played in OKC with the three-guard lineup. And if you have him on the floor with Jason and Jalen and even Marcus, like you're kind of letting him play into that role more. That's how I see this all working out. In the ideal scenario is Dennis gets some more spot-up opportunities. Because, like, in L.A., it was him and LeBron. Nobody else could handle the ball. Right. I think you're right about this. The more I think about it, the more I think you're right about this. So that's how I would handle it. But we'll see. I mean, new coach. We'll see what his ideas are. Um, I'm with you. I think this is a correct number. I probably lean under because I think the wrong injury in the wrong time will do more damage to this team um, because I don't trust a lot of the depth. Yeah, and, and we should mention, I'm realizing, by the way, that uh, we're using the BetMGM numbers because great BetMGM, MGM. sportsbook partner of The Athletic. Shout out BetMGM. But, um, yeah, this is like a pure stay away from me because mm-hmm. I just don't, know what to expect from this Boston team like you could convince me that Jason Tatum takes a leap into being a top I don't know top 20 you know maybe even top 10 player in the league you could convince me that Jalen Brown takes a leap into being a top 20 player and then you have two top 20 guys and you know maybe Robert Williams does play significant minutes and that works just so or, many questions. It's relying on so much, really, on both yeah. sides. You know, like, and again, I, I think I would default to the under. It's also plus one hundred on the under. You know, Ooh. I always like the you know I always like the candy. Um, so yeah, I think again, would not bet it, will not bet it, but we make picks on this podcast, and my yeah, lean my, my, under yeah, my lean is also under on this just because there's too much that has to go right new coach uh just a lot of like even if like let's say dennis doesn't work out and we find that horford uh his aged up cooked yeah sure that creates a lot of youth questions yeah so under but this team has a chance to be good and like we're totally staying away from it yes brooklyn 56 (laughs) and a half is the over under that's a lot of wins (laughs) all right let me pose this question to you it's a lot of wins however this roster is preposterous man like paul is your 10th man yeah here's my question to you yeah if kyrie irving does not play any home games and does not play in (laughs) toronto that is 43 games Plus Golden State, you can play on the road. You they like you literally can't get into Canada, but you can play the road games. Like road teams that don't have vaccinated players can play in New York. It's just like home teams because you actually work there. It's a weird, weird rule. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah um, I see what you're saying. Anyway, forty three games. If Kyrie Irving does not play forty three games, do you feel confident in taking this under? Because I don't think I do. They're still that good. Because he's the guy I, I think misses time anyway. Look, I I think all three of them probably miss some time just here and there, right? Like I, not I necessarily. Agree. Yeah, I think my my main concern is like 
up until last year, Harden had never missed games. And I don't think he's going to all of a sudden really buy in on load management to the degree that it would take me feeling confident in this under. Because he's just that damn good. In the regular season, literally just having James Harden running the show, even if KD's sitting, even if Kyrie's not there, like he can beat a lot of teams with the guys around him. So, so last year, they were at, I think, a pace of like 55, like 54 or 7 or something like that. And they missed so much time. Kevin Durant played 35 games. <laughs> Kyrie Irving missed 18 games. James Harden played half the season. Uh, You might be right on this. I hate it. You know I hate the over on the favorite. But it's the right side, Sam. I think this team is preposterously good. Like I'm definitely with you on that. Like I think they're like very clearly the favorite. I don't think it's really close. I don't either. Like I I I hate it. It's like not quite the Nets versus the field for me, but like they should probably be like plus 200. I don't mm-hmm. know what their number is. Do you know what their number is? Bet MGM does. Yeah, what is? I, I don't necessarily have their number off the top of my I'm head, looking, but I'm like. Looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Futures 240. <laughs> yeah, like I, I think that's honestly Might be a like tough higher. Eye. Then I would list it, yeah. Um, Dude, so th- this is where like the the COVID nineteen conversation comes in, mm-hmm. right? Um, I mean, look, there was a report today as we're recording from Euron Weitzman, yes, that you know they the, let's go not- with that they still have uh, some some vaccine holdouts in Brooklyn. Let's go with that. Do you? How much do we think that the vaccine holdouts could realistically just crater this to being an under? Well, th- oh, that's why I asked the Kyrie thing. Is like, yeah, like he's he's the main one that has been reported on. Yeah, we, we don't know and how don't many know people sure. are. And we don't know who yeah. it is. Uh, Sean Marks talked about it a few days ago and said it's a few, and also said. He said that he expects it to be like resolved or figured out by the time camp is and also said like they can feel the team which like there's a very different thing to me between like we're going to have this thing resolved and like we can field a team like that's not that's not there's that's a big gap between like yeah we'll have all of our guys and yeah we can put 12 guys out there <laughs> But, yeah, let's field a team. Right. Like, wh- who's on this team you're fielding? Like, if again, if it's Harden and KD and Joe Harris and most of your guys and, like, you're lacking Kyrie and a couple bench guys, I still think they can they can hit this over. I would not bet it then. But, yeah, I mean, I, I just – it's hard for me to see how this team just isn't steamrolling, even if they're coasting half the time. I think good. I'm personally, I think I'm staying away from this. I understand it. Because I just don't have the trust, really, in sure. them. I think for the playoffs, like, I would bet them to win the title. Like, I will bet them to win the title in the preseason, like, almost assuredly. Mm-hmm. Or I might, like, 
Like I'll probably bet them in the preseason and then I will see how the season is going. And if we do get some of this like COVID tomfoolery or the shenanigans mm-hmm. and this number goes up, you know, to three fifty, I'll probably hit it again. Like I feel I feel really good about this Brooklyn team winning the title this year, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I feel great about them winning fifty seven games, just given some of the uncertainty. I I understand that totally. I just like when I look at it, I think of like what would have to happen for it to be an under for me. And this is coming from a person who defaults to unders, and I'm just like, man, right. it's hard for me to get there. I, I think it's it's fairly solid for me. Um, again, I totally understand the trepidation about everything. But they're just so good that like they can trot out the B squad and beat some teams in the East, and that's yeah terrifying. they probably can can't that's they? Terrifying, like it really like you could trot out Patty Mills, Joe Harris, one of KD and Harden, Millsap, Claxton, Griffin. You know these guys, and like you can, you you could beat the Magic. Yeah, you really can. As a ten point I mean, favorite, you, you can. Like, <laughs> I was gonna say you can probably beat like Charlotte and like yeah. good teams. With so that like lineup. that's where I'm at. Is like if they are, if they give me just, some Cam Thomas, like just give just, me some ridiculous Cam Thomas fun. Cam, Cam Thomas should get thirty minutes against the Magic, and might score twenty five. Just for funsies, just Let's for give fun because you can. Also, it would yeah. get it would get little Nets Nets people all excited, like, "Oh, look, we stole a guy in the draft, and we're already yeah. really good." And it's like, "Well, can he do anything other than get buckets?" But who cares? Because you're the Nets. It's great if you got a guy who can get buckets. But like, yeah, like, I just think they can roll out the B team if they need to rest guys, and if they pick their spots right. And because they have so many national TV games, they're kind of going to be forced to pick their spots right. Because right. of the NBA's fines and stuff, right? I just, I see, I see fifty-eight pretty easily. Yeah, I, look, I think you're probably. Again. I think you've convinced me. Look at that. I, I, th- I think you've convinced me, but I'm not. I would not put this on my card. Is where I'm at. Okay, let's take a quick commercial break, and we'll be back. We're talking about players securing the bag when they get drafted in June. I need to tell you about securing your internet connection with NordVPN. What is a VPN? It's a virtual private network. A VPN reroutes your traffic through a remote server, encrypting it in the process. This is going to hide your location from your ISP, hackers, and from other people looking to get your data. Everybody knows that I watch as many movies as I can. I think I've probably watched like 40 or 50 this year already. Some movies are blocked in Australia. It's really hard for me to watch them. Uh, For instance, uh, anybody who's tried to get their hands on Godzilla Minus One recently knows that it's basically only available in Japan. And you need a VPN if you want to go to like Amazon Prime or something to be able to watch it. So... When I'm blocked from watching a movie in Australia, I just queue up my VPN. I change my location and it unlocks a category of movies from all of my favorite streaming services. 
as somebody who's always on the go, connecting to public Wi-Fi is a necessity, but it's also just a goldmine for hackers. That's where Nord comes in, creating a secure tunnel for my data to travel through away from prying eyes. There are other benefits to Nord as well. Your browsing history is yours and yours alone. Your virtual location is masked from those who seek to track your every move. It's like having a force field around your online identity. NordVPN also goes the extra mile with threat protection. Malware, trackers, dodgy ads, they're all going to get blocked. It's like having a shot blocking big around your devices 24-7. Game Theory is offering an exclusive deal for NordVPN. You're going to get four extra months and up to 75% off subscriptions. Just head to nordvpn.com slash game theory, G-A-M-E-T-H-E-O-R-Y, to claim your account. Plus, with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, you've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Go to nordvpn.com slash game theory to claim your account, nordvpn.com slash game theory. Guys, I can't emphasize enough Uh, how much I use Nord every day of my life. Uh, Nord is a fantastic sponsor for us. So go support Nord. And it's a great product. So nordvpn.com slash game theory. Okay. This next little grouping, I feel like we're actually going to be able to rifle through because it's like not as... Not quite as complicated. Uh, Charlotte at 38 and a half is there over under. Uh, look, I, I, this is a stay away for me because I think there is a chance that this team's going to be pretty good. Like I have like Fred Katz's words in my brain about them maybe making a leap and Miles Bridges looking great at the end of the year. I don't know who this team is going to have any success defending, really. Um, this is definitely a lean under for me, but where do you sit on this? I agree. I, I've been doing these, you know, going through preview stuff, and you look at the roster and you start going through. You're like, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Hey, this they got some they got some guys, and then you come to the realization you're like, who the hell is playing center? Yeah, it's Mason Plumley. It's Mason Plumley who is not good in Detroit. Yeah, I think he'll be better in in Charlotte because he's gonna have a real point guard running the show. All due respect yeah. to Corey Joseph and Killian Hayes and whatever was going on up there. Killian didn't play much. But, like, he behind him, it's like, all right, I hope Kai Jones is good. He's not ready. He's um, not ready, I, and you know I that. I don't feel, yeah. Um, Kai Jones is not ready to defend anyone in the NBA right and now. And Jaden McDaniels? Like, you want him playing 25 a night? It's it's Jay, that one's Jalen. Jaden is the good me, one. Excuse me, Jaden's, Jaden's yeah. in Minnesota. Right. Yeah, um, yeah and Jaylen much better than Jalen. Yes. Um, yes. I, I think it's going to be a lot of PJ Washington at the five to close games. Love a six-seven rim stopper. Yeah, that, but like it, it compounds whenever you're talking about Lamelo Ball, who's a good off-ball defender, but is not a good on-ball defender yet. In uh, so Terry Rozier. Yeah, like being the guy. So you're talking no rim protection and no real point of attack guy. <laughs> I just don't know. Like, look, they, they finished top 20 in defense last year. So, like, James Borrego is – I think James Borrego is really good. Yes. I yeah. Agree. But I, I'm not super convinced. Then, like, you are bringing in Kelly Oubre, who – Where does he fit? 
That was a weird signing. Like, I get, like, just take some upside flyer because you're Charlotte. But, like, they're kind of stacked up over there on the wing. Yeah, I think you just take the offense. Like, you just take it and roll, right? Like, you know, whatever. You have, sure. you have, you have James Booknight as well. Like, Booknight, mm-hmm. I think, is a little bit better defensively than what he got credit for in college, but probably isn't going to be ready to defend in the NBA from day one. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you have Gordon Hayward returning. And Gordon Hayward is now you know, 31 years old and I wouldn't want to put a lot of defensive uh, responsibility on him at 31 years old. Uh, I I just don't know how they defend at the end of the day. This is an under for me. I'm not like hammering it because I think there is a chance that like LaMelo Hayward, Miles Bridges, Terry Rozier, like goes above 500 and um just ends up as like kind of a top eight offense that people are surprised about, mm-hmm. but I, I can't really just get behind this defense. I think I agree. Uh, this is like you said, stay away, especially because of the unders juiced minus one fifteen. Yeah. Um, gonna watch a lot of Hornets games because they're gonna be fun as hell. I know that, but how good are they? <laughs> no idea. Um, that's gonna come down to a, a, a few different factors, but like you said, defense being the one like they're gonna have to be like elite offensively to make up for that and i'm not sure they're that good so okay chicago 42 and a half i'm i'm in on this bulls team i think it's gonna be fun love them as as far as like entertainment value i kind of think that like they're gonna win a lot of games in the regular season Mm -hmm. so we're getting Contract year, Zach Levine. We're getting uh, DeMar DeRozan, who, like, everyone clowned that contract. So he's going to feel disrespected. We're getting, like, Nikola Vucevic paired with those two in pick and roll. We're getting Lonzo Ball, who I think a lot of people clown that contract, too. So Mm. people are probably, you know, he's probably coming in, like, pretty ready to play. I think that this team's probably going to be pretty good in the regular season because I think they're just going to play hard, like more often than other teams. Yeah, I mean, there's a very real possibility that, and we talk about that a lot during win totals, is like the teams that give a damn in the regular season are always the over teams. Like that's, if, if you can, like it used to be Toronto, um, Portland always overperformed because they played hard as hell, and they you know you steal four games, five games a year by just out caring on a back to back on when both teams have a back to back. You steal a few games. Um, I like this Bulls team. I, I'm not sure I'm ready to like lock up the over, but. I think this is above 500 teams, so I think this number is close to right. And, you know, a lot of it's going to come down to health, but, like, I think Zach Levine's really damn good, and I think putting him with a real point guard who can take a little bit of pressure off of him and putting him with another guy who can go get a bucket like DeMar is going to help him tremendously. You got Vucci kind of floating, you know, in that, you know, pick and pop zone with those guys. I think they're going to be really good offensively. And we know Billy Donovan can coach it up on that end. 
Defense is a big question mark for me because what's the one thing like Lonzo has his reputation as a defender, but he's best off the ball. But they yep. have to ask him to be point of attack, and he's just not very good at it. So do they? I I mean, who who are you putting on? Who are you putting on point? Do you put Zach out there? My assumption is that the lineup they're going to close with is Caruso, Lonzo, uh, Levine, DeRozan, Vucevic. I like that. I hadn't even really thought of like Caruso being the finishing lineup guy, but that makes more sense. Yeah. Okay, I like, like that. If you're if you're able to do that, okay. Okay, yeah, then over. You talk you know what? That's it. That's weird that Alex Caruso can talk to me. I kind of had forgotten about him. I like that. Okay, yes. Sorry. I'm back in. Back in on the Bulls. Bulls are back. You're back in on the Bulls. Bulls are like, back. Like I don't think they'll to Trey Kirby. I don't think they'll start that. Like I, I think no, that no, they no, might no, close no. with it though. I can see that. I like that. I like that a lot. This is see this is this is the flip side of the Boston conversation we had earlier. I like this. Yeah, so like the the thing is that they are one injury away from having like I think no shot to go over this. Like if danger one zone of, for sure on that. Like if Levine yeah. goes down. Yep. Even if like DeRozan goes down, I think it's actually a pretty significant problem for yeah, this over. It's, it's it's not good. And like Vucevic if, is if Vucevic goes down, I mean, they don't good have God, anybody like, down there behind him. Yeah, really you're starting Tony Bradley. If Vucevic goes down. Not so, good. I think this is a there, stay away, but I I do lean over. Yeah, this is also a stay away for me um, because of that injury risk. But my lean is also over. Uh, I am with you. Okay, Cleveland twenty six and a half here. <sighs> See, like, the talent tells me this is better than a 26-win team. Like, I I really think that... Because that's, like, basically right on pace for what they were supposed to win last year. They'll get probably a few more games out of Jared Allen. You do lose 35 Larry Nance games, and Larry Nance is actually, like, pretty good at basketball. Um they lost like 10 or 15 games from Sexton and Garland last year. They played 25 games of Andre Drummond. Like they were still on pace even despite those things. They bring in Evan Mobley who I think like I don't know if he's going to be more of a help than a hindrance as a rookie. We'll see. They bring in Lowry Markinen who like actually addresses a need that they had. They yes. were uh like an absolutely abysmal shooting team last year. Yes. So the the talent <laughs> level to me says over. And I have no idea how these pieces fit together in a way that makes sense. Yeah, that's that's the issue is like like you said like I think they should be a like I think they should be maybe a little better than last year. And like you said, they were right on pace, 22 wins in a 72-game season. But, like you like you said, like when they were – when they kind of went on that run early in the year, because they won a bunch of their games like early, I think. Yeah. Like they were doing it with like – Larry Nance was all over the place and he was getting some serious buzz and like – you lose that, and like they were winning games early with defense, and I don't think yeah. that's going to be a thing this year for them. 
Yeah, they, they started nine and nine last year. Uh, so they went thirteen and forty one at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I might just. This is a stay away again. But Pure stay away. I, I might lean under because, like you said, like I, I get it, the talent, but how it fits together, and they just might be abysmal on defense. I don't think yeah. they, they They might be really bad. I don't think they might be really, anybody. really bad. And if they don't get off to a sneaky good start, and again, I think it, they, they won't because they're not going to have that same personnel. Um, I don't know if they have that same that same grit that they showed early, and if they don't have that, I think they might be cooked. They're going to be bad. So, yeah, I, I'm just like... It's like I want Cleveland to be good. Like I, I feel sure. legitimately bad for the fans. Like since the LeBron departure, uh, I, I I want them to be good, and I just don't understand how the team is being built. Like if I could bet on a general manager to be fired, like in season, I think it would be Kobe Altman at this point. Like I, I really think he'd probably be going off as like a plus one hundred favorite out of 30 general managers it's not going well that's that's i think that's for yeah i don't i like i don't know exactly what they're doing it's just kind of sad like can we move on i don't let's okay they're yeah. sad. We, we, like i like a lot of the guys on that like i think yeah. Darius garland's a good player i i love jared allen they got the steal of that trade they won the trade they won the james harden trade aside from the nets and yet, I just don't know how much of this is going to translate to winning basketball games. They're accumulating talent. I don't know that they're building a team. Right, which is always the kind of issue with people who are like, oh, you just always go BPA, right? Like, there has yeah. to be some kind of vision at some point. Like, your first two years, that's fine. But we're in year four of this thing. There mm-hmm. needs to be a vision at this point, and I don't see it yet. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. Uh, I like I like like I think I like Colin Sexton more than consensus. I think I like Garland more than consensus. Like I like Evan Mobley. Um, I like Isaac Okoro a lot. Like I had him as a top five guy last year. Um, they're going to get more competent point guard play because Ricky Rubio exists and Ricky Rubio is a really good defender That's and you true. can maybe stagger him a little bit with Colin Sexton and Darius Garland. So like, That's right. I kind of forget about Ruby. He'll be, he does help them, but this is like a pure stay away for me because oh, I just don't know how this roster functions. And plus, whenever you play Rubio, you have to have Lowry Markinen on the floor. Like here, here's a fun question. How many, how many minutes does Lowry Markin and play the three on this team? Oh, I, that's I don't like that. I don't like that idea. They have Jared at all. Allen. They have Jared Allen. They have, they have Mobley. They have Evan Mobley. They still have Kevin Love, who I I, I have to imagine he's going to get some minutes, right? I don't know about that. I'm not sure if <sighs> I'm not sure if Kevin's playing much. He might just have a I mean, permanent it, calf thing. <laughs> permanent calf thing like whatever the hell they want to call it like they'll just work their way around the body with strains on kevin oh my god 
they have to, there has to be like just one thing i guess is where i'm at like there has to be something right but i i, um, I agree the the Laurie and like the thing is they're gonna want to play him a lot of minutes because they i mean they they did not get him for cheap they spent yeah. some serious money on him which was aggressive and they traded larry nance for him like money and larry nance that's yeah that was an aggressive uh, trade. I don't know who they were bidding against for that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> let's. This is. You're right. This is it's making sad. me sad. It's let's sad. move on. I don't like it because I have many friends who are, who are Cavs fans. I know yeah. you have even more. It's upsetting. Yeah. Twenty six and a half. Look, my lean is under. I think that there are more ways it goes wrong than right. Yes. But then, like, I look at Detroit, like. I think Detroit's probably going to be harder to play against than Cleveland. But like, I don't know, 24 and a half, that feels like a pretty low number. I have over here, but again, this is a stay away for me because if one of Jeremy Grant or Cade Cunningham go down, Mm. this could turn dire quickly. That's correct. Um, Yeah, I mean, for me... This comes down to, like, does anybody else show something, right? Like, and and what's Detroit's goal here? Is it to try and win some games? Like, who are they playing behind Kate Cunningham, next to Kate Cunningham in that backcourt? Like, are they trying to see? Like, I think the right answer is we got to find out if Killian Hayes is part of this core that we're trying to build, right? Like, you got to play him, and you got to play him a decent bit. And he struggled, but he had the injury. And he had, you know, a, a only – I think it was like he got hurt like eight games in and then came back, and he's on load management, and he kind of showed a couple flashes late. And you're like, all right, that was kind of a lost year for your number seven overall pick. And you can't just punt. So you need to throw him out there and play him a bunch, but that's probably not your best bet to win games. So, so, so like, here's here's my thing, though. I think this team's going to play hard every night. Like, Dwayne Cade Cunningham Dwayne Casey is, will get that out. Yeah, Dwayne Casey will get that out of them. Cade Cunningham is just, like, a dude who is going to want to win, like, every sure. night. Jeremy Grant plays hard every night. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Stewart, like, absolutely plays hard every night. Sadiq Bay plays hard every night. Like, they, they just have a lot of guys that, like, Hamadou Diallo, I think, theoretically. Um, hey, he plays is this hard. a contract year for him? I think he's on one-year deal, I think, so I think so. Yeah, I was going to say, is it a player option or a team thing, option? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, they have Kelly yeah, Olenek, which, like, that was weird, but, like go off i guess i liked that because it's spacing for cade to just like make it yeah, work no, i mean so if, just like if go Kelly's do it what he anything close to what he was in houston where they're and like he might be because it's just it's a great opportunity to just go get buckets which like he can do in bunches like if, yeah, he, if he's like, just I, giving green lights it might work I think that where I'm at is it's slightly over for me just because they're going to be, they're going to play hard every night. They're going to be kind of hard to play against. I don't feel great about it though. No, I don't want to be like, honestly, I I think for me where I'm at is like, 
when it comes down to these teams, like, do I really want to be financially and emotionally invested in their success? I don't. And I, yeah, I, don't. I don't. Like, I would like to be able to kind of watch the Pistons when I watch the Pistons, you know, try to take in some, you know, I, there will be nights where I want to watch Kate Cunningham play basketball. Um, yeah. But I, I don't really want to want to be crazy like locked in on the Pistons late in the year and sweating this out. You know, like if they're no. if they're coming into the last two weeks of the year needing like three wins, do, like, do, you, do you really want that in your life? Is the no. question I have for people. Like they have 22 no. wins and they have eight games left on the schedule and you need them to go three and five. Do you want that? I don't, I don't think the answer is yes. So I, I, I would agree with you. Okay. Uh, Indiana Pacers. This number is 42 and a half. On a talent basis, I think over. On a coaching basis, I think over. And I just don't trust this team to stay healthy. I have been wrong about the Pacers on a number of occasions. I will be the first to admit it. I've never been particularly high on them. Um, I've been right sometimes. I've been wrong sometimes. I don't get this team. I just don't like on either side. Like when I'm high on them, I they're they're not great. When I'm like when I when I try to buy in, they do stuff that makes me like just I, I'm like okay, I can't I can't be in on this team. Like I'm interested to see what Karis LeVert looks like back full season. Like him and Brogdon theoretically is a fun backcourt to me in theory, but like it just, it, it hasn't seemed a lot of fun there. Like, I don't feel like I, I'm interested to see how much of this was really, they really hated Nate, Nate Bjorkren. Like, I want to see how much of this was that because vibes were terrible in Indiana last year. And I want to know how much of this was like everybody just checked out. The moment they had the injuries, they were just like, we're not fighting. And that had always been the hallmark, right? Like you talk about teams that used to overperform the number because they played hard every night. That was the Pacers. Which like, by the way, that was under Nate McMillan. Even more reason to to go over on the Hawks because of Nate McMillan. Like he is going to get them to play and uh, overachieve. And if Carlisle, if they buy into Carlisle... Which I would think they would after a year of Bjorkren. Like, I think they're just going to be happy to have an established guy who's not trying to, to come in and be like, we're going to do my thing my way and, like, create, you know, wants to create something wholly new. He can say, this is what I've done. We're going to do this and this is how it can work. And he can kind of show that there's been success. I think it's easier to get that buy in where I think it seemed pretty clear that Nate lost the locker room pretty early and could never get it back. Kind of just based on the fact that the man got fired after one season. So I'm with you. Like, and also when does TJ Warren play? Cause that's freaking me out. That foot thing. Like he, yeah, that, he keeps so- getting pushed back and I, that, and that makes me nervous when it's a foot. So Malcolm Brogdon has missed something in the ballpark of 20 games basically every year of his career except his rookie year, right? Like, yeah. 
In 2018, it was like 35 games. In 2019, it was 18 games. In 2020, it was, I think, like 15. And then last year, it was 16. So Malcolm Brogdon's going to miss somewhere between 15 and 20 games, basically. Like, that's the rough estimate you should work with, I think. Uh, Karis Levert, for just, you know, unfortunate reasons, such as him, uh, he had cancer, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Right? cancer like good lord man like i'm i'm just yeah. glad he's like okay and then also he's had foot injuries going back to college uh he had the terrible what was it, an ankle injury if i remember correctly um in brooklyn we probably can't count on him to play more than 60 games if we're betting on this over under tj warren it does not seem like is going to play uh at least to start the season Miles Turner also, like, kind of sneaky misses games. He missed 20 in his rookie season. He missed, like, 15 in his third season. And then he missed a few, if I remember correctly, uh, last year, like 25 or so. So we're talking about a situation where this team just, like, misses games. And I don't know how good I feel about trusting them. For that reason, it's a pure stay away for me, despite the fact that this team... Like, should go over. On paper, this like, is a 45 win team. Easy. Cruising. But there's just no way you can feel healthy. Yeah, totally. Like, there's just no way you can feel comfortable betting on this team given the injury history. Yeah. Um, I would agree. This is a over lean since we give out picks and a yeah, but stay I'm away. Purely staying away. Strongly. Yeah. Okay, let's Ooh. take another quick commercial break and we'll be back. Okay. We are back. The Miami Heat are next. This over under is 48 and a half. I really like the Heat as a team that could like play spoiler in the playoffs. I don't like this team as a regular season team. I don't think. under. Like this, this is an one. under for this me as a, well. This is, a, this is a play. Um. Yeah, man. I I think this is a team that their goal is just to get to the playoffs, right? Yeah, and and get there and figure it out by the time they've gotten to the playoffs. I kind of wish I kind of wish you could bet like first half, second half unders in the NBA because this would be like a first half under all day. Yeah, um, you know the last time the Miami Heat won at least forty nine games or like were on pace to win forty nine games was LeBron James on the team. LeBron James was on the team. Yeah, that's not great. I just don't. You look at this roster and. I like the addition of Kyle Lowry. Love it. I like the idea of less emphasis being on Jimmy Butler because you have Kyle Lowry. I like the idea of being able to stagger Kyle Lowry with Jimmy Butler so that you can get good bench minutes. Um, maybe Tyler Hero takes a leap. But this, there's just like not a lot of depth here. No, that, there is not. Like, you're... You'd need Victor Oladipo to like be something. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, you you're banking on 
depot or I, I I'm just I'm not I've never been a big hero guy. Just not not a big not a big fan. But he's kind of the swing guy, right? Like he's the one who if there's anybody who can pop on this team and has upside at this point that is beyond what we know, it's him. And I just I don't I don't have the faith in him to do that. Um and I think they would need that to go over. So I think this is solidly an under. Yeah, I think I'm with you that this is solidly an under. I think this is a bet for me. Um, yeah, it's just... I don't think that this team is going to play that hard in the regular season. I also think this is just an inflated number because they got so much talk in the offseason. Yeah, you're probably right on that, Like, this should actually. be... this. I think... I think if like if they had, had just if they just had Kyle Lowry and hadn't made a big move to to get him and and kind of made some splashier you know talking points I think this is probably 46 and a half but I think just the public goes oh yeah the heat added Kyle Lowry they're going to be you know one of the best teams in the east this year because for some reason when right. that trade happened they that became like the talking point is like they could be among the very best teams and it's like I was like you can talk me into like you said them being a spoiler but this idea that they were going to become all of a sudden like a, a top team like I don't think they're better than Atlanta no I agree with you I don't think they're better than Atlanta so and they have a game higher on their win total yeah that's give me weird. the under yeah Okay. That's one that's going on the card. That's on the card. I think this is another one that should go on the card, although I'm willing to listen. The Milwaukee Bucks, their over-under is 54.5. I kind of like this over. I'm going to do it again. I'm with you. We did this last year where we... We said, you know, all right, Bud and the Bucks, they're going to get it over. They always win 60, and they came in they came in under. And I think they learned some things about how to pace the regular season. I think that was, that was a, big, a big step for them. However, this is too low now. Like, this is just so flat they out need too to low by, by, by two or three games, I think. They need to win 55 games, go 55 and 27 or better. This team still has Giannis, who's going to play hard every single night. That's right. We just kind of know that about him at this point. They're going to get back Dante DiVincenzo. Yes. They've added George Hill in the backcourt. They've added Grayson Allen in the backcourt, who Grayson had a really good year last year in Memphis. They take the flyer on Rodney Hood. So, like, they're going to have real depth in the backcourt yes. in a way that they haven't had in a while. In the front court, you add Shimmy Ojale. You get a year older from Jordan Wara. Uh, you still have Pat Connaughton. They've re-signed Bobby Portis to like the bargain basement deal. Yes. I mean... I think it's, like, I, I think it's pretty I, solidly I feel like, over. I feel like this team is better equipped to win more regular season games next year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think everybody was like, oh, they lost P.J. Tucker. They didn't play P.J. Tucker in the regular season. 
almost yeah, it ever. doesn't matter. That was a he's a sixteen game player. Now that could come back to haunt them when it gets to the sixteen game season. But as we've mentioned, with the Hawks and with the Heat on opposite sides of this, playoff questions don't matter for win totals. Yep. All of the all of the Bucks questions are playoff questions. For me, pretty solid over. I think this should be should be in the fifty six and a half range. Yeah, I I agree. I think it's probably a couple wins low. The only thing that worries me is Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton like not having enough of a break and starting very slowly. Yeah, which again is I think why they address the backcourt depth the way that they did. Yeah, I think that I they agree. they did that and they said, "All right, we can we can kind of weather the storm and maybe give those guys." A little bit of a breather. Like, George Hill is going to be a non-factor in the playoffs. Um, Much in the same way that, like, Bryn Forbes was. Right. And in the same way that, like, George Hill has been a non-factor for the last, like, three teams he's played on. Um, including the Bucks, Like, two or three years ago. So, I think they know what they're getting. And all it is is, like, look, George Hill, in that system, George Hill dominated in the regular season a couple years ago and then was a no-show. The dude shot, like, 47% from three. Yeah, he's gonna look good in the regular season, and then I think they have to be ready to pull the plug in the playoffs. But he can take some minutes. They can rest Drew. You, you mentioned all the guys that get back in the backcourt, take a little bit of that pressure off of, of Chris. Have him play. You know, he can take a game off here and there, or just like they did a lot better job last year, just being like, "Hey, these guys are gonna play twenty nine minutes, and then we're getting them out of there." And so I think Bud learned how to actually do the minute management thing that had, we had always hated from him, which is like play your guys more when it matters and play your guys less when you don't have to. And he, he, he got that, and I, I think we'll see that. He's pretty good at managing managing the regular season minutes and still winning because he gets the guys to buy in on, hey, if you're up 20 in the third quarter, you don't have to play anymore. You know, like he's pretty good about getting guys in on that. Okay. We're both solidly over. That's going on that on the bet sheet. This one, I think, is not going on the bet sheet for me. The Knicks, 41 and a half. Uh, I just don't know what to do with this team. Like, it's just like, I don't know what to think. Like, they're probably going to be a little bit better in the regular season this year. Mm -hmm. But they were also, like, a little bit lucky it felt like last year i think you see like i don't think julius randall is going to be as as good i think he's going to be good i don't think he's going to be quite as efficient a shooter because i it just seems like a hard thing for for a guy with the shot selection he has to stabilize there like he was outrageous from like 18 feet yeah and like can he keep doing that i'm not sure Adding Kemba is is good. Like he's not what he once was, but that's some shooting. Fournier's some shooting. Um, but how much do you lose of the defense by playing Kemba? Everything that New York has done has a give and take with it, as opposed to just straight up getting better. stay away and i think this is a stay away. stay away i think i would lean given that we make picks here 
I would lean over because I think the offense is just going to be much better. But I don't feel good enough to bet it. Yeah, I I think I think yeah, I think over's fine there. I think so, so like put it this way. This team won 41 games last season. Right, and they get 10 more games to to get one more. And they get 10 more games. Uh, like so even if you're accounting for like some regression. Some regression this team still should probably win 42 games. Yeah, I think they can be 500 cuz like 500 this year is probably getting you what in the 6 7 range like right on the border of the play in and I think that's probably where they where they exist. Yeah, I think this is a stay away though. You know, it's, Let's it's, just stay weird, away. it's weird because for the Knicks I always just like my first thought is well the market's going to say push me to under but i don't think this has gotten yeah. as high i'm kind of surprised that the hype on the knicks isn't as high as isn't pushing this higher i kind of would have expected a little more i think people were down on this off season and like they didn't do a great job but like i don't think they screwed anything up nothing was fine i think, I think they the did a perfectly fine. perfectly fine job they gave out a lot of money to like dudes like they're not anybody that gets me real excited but like they didn't have a disastrous off season. Yeah, I think I think lean over. I just don't want to bet yeah. on the Knicks. Again, this is just not a team I want to be invested in. Yeah, I don't think I do either. Um, okay, let's go to the Orlando Magic. I don't think I want to spend a ton of time on the Magic, if only because it's just a very young team, and I just don't think they're going to win a ton of games. It's a fun team. You may have been able to convince me if I thought Jonathan Isaac was going to play like a full season, but I would imagine he doesn't play more than 50 games no. given that I think he's going to miss the start of it. No. And I can't imagine they're going to play him in back-to-backs like you would think. Right. Uh, yeah, and a half I, I would think that Markel Fultz probably misses a couple months. Yeah. Which means you have to play Cole Anthony, who is maybe just really bad. Yeah, like I'm excited for the Jalen Suggs era. I think, I think there's that was a plenty great of reason to be optimistic. Really, like, I, I, I long, like Suggs a lot, but yeah, like long term, they're going to be great. It, it's just I don't know about great, but like they're going to be fine long term. I think they're totally undertaking the right trajectory, mm-hmm. but I, I just don't see a way that they win a ton of games. And this is like an under for me by a not a substantial margin, but like a pretty clear margin. And I would consider putting this on my ticket. Yeah, I'm not going to bet it, but it, it's 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 an under. I would not ever endorse the over for all the reasons you said. Um, yeah, I like Jalen Suggs, but we've talked about it a lot. Very rarely do young guards lead to wins. Yep. Um, and yeah, they just don't have a lot that excites me in terms of, hey, this is a guy who's going to contribute to wins right now. Like Gary Harris, but I think he gets traded. Like Gary's good. Yeah, probably. But like I think he's their best trade asset, especially since he makes a very reasonable amount of money. Like if he pops at all, he's gone. Terrence Ross, you probably think is gone. He might just like being in Orlando. (laughs) That'd be amazing. You know, for him. I mean, Robin Lopez likes being in Orlando. He's going to live at Disney. DN, DNP dinner with Goofy. <laughs> DNP Disney. That'd be great. 
Just couldn't get him out. Love couldn't it. get him off Splash Mountain. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> Missed it. DNP Splash Mountain. I love that. <laughs> um yeah, this is an under for me, but I don't I'm like 50-50 on whether or not it's on the ticket. Let's go to Philadelphia. Uh 50.5 is the number here. I could not want to stay further away from anything to do with Philadelphia right now. So gross. No, I don't No, like you can't bet anything right now. Yeah. Because here's the thing, like the only reason to me that you would want to bet the over is you believe there's a good immediate return coming for Ben Simmons soon. Nothing has indicated that is the case. In part because Daryl apparently is trying to get a bunch of picks, which hurts what you can get in the immediate. Because he wants to make a run at a Beal or a Dame or whatever the next guy that comes available. So you have that working against you. But to take the under, you're betting against a pretty good team with or without You're betting against Joel Embiid playing very angrily. That's my thing. Like, I think I always like to, when I do college football, I always like to think, like, what's the funniest outcome? Like, Chip and I have a principle. What would be funnier? If we're leaning one way or the other, we tend to go with whatever would be the funniest outcome. And to me, the funniest outcome is the Sixers start like 11-2 and two with Ben yeah. Simmons at home. That, to me, would be hysterical. I need it. Because Embiid would start like posting weird Instagram locations and stuff. And I just... I feel like that is very much in play. And if they start like that, then like it makes it much easier to go over. But again, I don't know what this team has long term. I don't feel good about anything. I don't know what they're getting back for Ben Simmons. I don't want to be close to this. I think I would lean under, but I hate it because, again, I don't want to bet against Joel Embiid. Just FU season winning 52 games. Do you want your money tied to the future of Ben Simmons? No, no one should. No. Even the, the Sixers <laughs> don't, and apparently 29 other teams don't. <laughs> If that if the answer to that is no, you stay entirely away from this. Look, I I think under because if Joel Embiid misses thirty games, this oh, is yeah no. There's so many yeah, ways is, this, it goes wrong, but like yeah, you also can see how betting the under would lead to financial ruin. Yeah, I would not feel good about betting the under yeah. here, but I would if Lean. making picks, I'm going under. Yeah. Um the Toronto Raptors are up next. I'm going under here too. Thirty five and a half, Sam? It's so low. It's so low. This is Toronto. I know back in Toronto. There's this is every this reason to first, go this, over. I think on this is gonna number. be our first disagreement. So this is there's every reason to go over on this number. Every reason. Back in Toronto, really good coach, competent point guard who's like is unflappable. 
good, long team that knows how to defend. Uh, team that plays hard, like every night. 35 and 47 sounds about right to me. So here's why. Please. Worst center position in the NBA still, it's, right? It's bad. Like, we don't think they're going to protect the rim at all. Pascal Siakam is going to miss time. Like, he tore his labrum and just got surgery in June, so he is going to miss five months. Like, I think that a reasonable projection is he misses, you know, 20, 25 games this year. Yeah. So you're talking about a team without his best player when he's out of Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, Precious Achua, Malachi Flynn, Scotty Barnes, um, Ken Birch will be in the lineup for sure. Goran Dragic, like we don't know what's going to happen with Dragic, really. Yeah, like um, I, maybe they can get something for him. I don't know, maybe not. If Gary Trent, obviously, I'm sorry, I didn't mention Gary Trent. Yeah. Gary Trent's Gary good. Trent's good. But buckets, I without Siakam, this is a bad team. Yeah. Uh, I just like I have a hard time believing they're going to be bad again in back to back seasons. But you might just you might be right. I still think I'm a lean over, but it's certainly not going on the card. You make you make some yeah. strong you make some strong points. Um, I think my thing is like Van Vliet and Gary Trent can score as a backcourt duo. Like I like that a lot offensively. And Van Vliet defends. And Van Vliet's too. a good point of attack defender. I'm big. I'm a big OG guy. Like him a lot. I agree about the center position. I, I like Chris Boucher just like as a person. But, and like, I, I think he can do some fun things as a player, but he's not a guy that you want as your starting center. Yeah, he's a great backup center. He's a lot like of a fun. Legit as like great a backup change center. Change of pace, like spark plug, because he'll block some, sh- he'll block a bunch of shots and he'll shoot the hell out of the ball. And you don't want him playing team defense for 30 minutes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right? Like, you kind of want him to feel free to roam for 18 and do his thing. A lot of it, a lot of it does come down to like what the Dragic thing is, and you know, like if you're playing, if you're rolling out Dragic and Van Vliet and Trent Pascal, and there's some interesting things to do when Pascal's out there because he can play some small ball five and you can do some funky funky lineups. But yeah, I, I, it's not great when he's not there. And he might rest back to backs. Ugh. I'm gonna lean over. I'm just gonna stick to my guns. It's probably dumb, but I'm gonna lean over and just assume some emotional magic works back in Toronto and make him win 36. So I, I, but I, I won't bet it. I don't. I don't even think it's dumb. Like based on their net rating last year, their expected win total was like 35 and 37. So they basically would get like an extra 10 games to win one game. Yeah, if expectation would hold. I just don't. I no. I, I don't know. Uh, nah, it's a lot of hemming and hawing for a podcast. Just a lot. Uh, that's the wind toll pod, baby. 
Just love it. Just a lot of half feels. Like four strong bets each each pod. And like here here's the other thing too. Like so we're gonna go to Washington next. Like I like Toronto more than Washington. If I could bet Toronto versus Washington, I think I bet. Mm, I'd probably bet Toronto to win more games, but I think there are more pathways to Washington going over okay. than there is Toronto going under. Did I say that right? I don't know. Um, <laughs> like, let's go to Washington. Thirty-three and a half. Yeah, I probably didn't say that right. I don't think you um, did. The number's 33 and a half. I like the over on this. It's a firm stay away for me because losing Russell Westbrook and his, like, fuck you tour last year and his ability to create offense in transition, I think is actually, like, an important loss for them. Yeah, Like, we can talk shit about season. Russ, yeah. whatever. Like, yeah. But Russ helps you win regular season he games, does. like, for sure. He does. Yeah, I mean, they got a lot of, like, solid stuff back. Like, I, I think, like, they did about as well as you could this offseason with what they had to work with. I feel weird, because I, I think if I took the over on this, it would be, like, nine East overs. So I think some errors have been made here. Oh, Robbie, no. What am I doing? Robbie, no. Where am I at? There's just some, like, there's, there's some, like, some of those teams in the, I think part of it is, like, I kind of buckshot overs on that chunk in the middle, thinking at least, you know, three of five are going to hit. Yeah, like, you have an Indiana under, or you have an Indiana over, like, I have an under there. Yeah, Indiana, um, Toronto. I don't feel good about Toronto now. That feels icky. <laughs> I'm now terrified of that. Anyway, I like a lot of what Washington did, and I think my like instinct here is to feel like hey, they they got some guys maybe over, but also it's juice to the over now, which is gross. I can't lay 120 with the Wizards. Gross. But pure stay away from me. You know, pure you talk about Spencer Dinwiddie, Bradley Beal, KCP, like Kuz is whatever, but like he's a solid role guy. Thomas Bryant. Yeah, totally. Love Thomas Bryant. He should be back healthy. There you go. Once again, in a shocking turn of events, the Wizards are going to be able to score points, Sam. I wish I could just bet. Scotty Brooks knows how to do it. I wish I could just bet like Wizards top five offensive rating. So I would not do that. I, I would. I don't even know if I'd bet them top ten. Really? Because this is a team that doesn't really shoot it that well still, and losing all of those Russell Westbrook transition possessions, I think, is like actually kind of a problem for them because they're going to end up in the half court a lot more, and they're going to have to shoot it to space the floor for Beal and for Dinwiddie like Dinwiddie get to the rim. Yeah, and that doesn't feel as cohesive to me as just Russ pushing in transition and like well, making teams scramble on the back foot I think constantly. A lot of it's going to come down to like, can Rui keep shooting the ball a little better? 
does Bertans having two guys who are driving, kicking, having a couple other, you know, if, if you have Bertans out there with KCP, like at least there's another guy teams have to think about guarding on the perimeter. Where like I feel like a lot of times last year, like Bertans was like having a tough time shaking free. Like if he can have a little bounce back, maybe he gets right because he was bad early. Like he was just flat out awful early. He came in out of shape. Like there were there were rumblings that people in Washington were not happy with the man. Which like look, if I just signed like an eighty million dollar deal, I would also come in out of shape. Please believe that. <laughs> You're not getting the best of Robbie Calland after I, I ink a, a 484. I can tell you that right now. We're having some fun in the summer. We're getting oh, loose. That's how I feel too. It's going to be a lot of Vegas nights. You're not, you're not getting the best of me on the, on, the, on the healthy new contract for three months minimum. <laughs> so I respect it. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. I... This is up. It's really upsetting to see the number of overs on my list as I look at them right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got eight unders. I feel good. Hideous, hideous from me. Yeah. All right, and this is even with the Washington over. I've got eight unders. So let, let's run through what our betting ticket would be. I've only got like three on the actual betting ticket, and it's two. Yeah, I've got like three, two overs and an under. Yeah, three and a half. And Atlanta over, I think, is our favorite, right? 100%. Yeah. Like, I feel really good about that yeah, one. That'll... Miami under. Yes. Milwaukee over. Yes. And I feel pretty good about Orlando going under 22 and a half. They're not going to be good. Like, that's probably that's low, the worst that team in the league. such a low total, though. I love it. That's grimy. That's like taking the under like forty one, and they're definitely tanking at the end of the year, right? Oh, they're gonna trade everybody. Like you might. Yeah. Here's the thing: like that Orlando ticket is gonna be terrifying until the trade deadline. Like they might be at like nineteen wins at the trade deadline, and then you're like, oh, Good cool, two and, <laughs> like two and thirty the rest of the way. <laughs> I don't think it'll be that. I don't think it'll be that dramatic. But you, I, you could talk me in like 16, 15, 16 wins at the deadline, and then just shut her down. Right? Because they were. That's what happened last year. They were awful after the after they traded Vucevic and all those guys and Fournier and everybody. Like they were terrible. Oh, totally. And look, I love Jalen Suggs uh, again. Love him. Hundred percent. Just not going to win this year. He'll get them right. This team was 17 and 31. They ended 21 and 51. That's that's special right there. Commendable tanking. 4 and 20 the rest of the way? Let's go. <laughs> Blaze it. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm going under. I I think that's like that might legit be on my ticket. Talk it talk yourself um, into it. Let's just like, let's go. Let's do it. Um, okay. Robbie, we'll be back uh, later this week with more. Uh, we're going to do the other side of the league. Uh, tell the people where they can find your work until then. Yeah. You can find, uh, find me over at uprocks.dimemag.com. All that good stuff. We got previews and 
interviews and covers and all that good stuff coming uh, on the tweets at our calendar. I'm out there. We got Sammy Darns out here. Spinning it. Just dropping dimes. Spinning it. Love it. Love it. Running for touchdowns. Full Sam Darnold experience tonight. He's got like three fumbles. If by if by full Sam Darnold experience you mean like he is now a star quality quarterback in this league, uh my my crazy college dynasty fantasy league <laughs> is uh is absolutely with you. I look I I'm a, I'm a believer in Sam. He just had to get out of the Jets. I'll bu- I'll buy the dip any quarterback that gets away from New York. Buying the Adam Gase dip. 100%. All day. Also the G-men. If Daniel Jones ever gets out of New York, like I might actually like think he could be a starting quarterback in the NFL. But until then, he's not. The Gettle man. Dog. Uh, New York football. Catch the fever. What a mess. Catch the fever. Uh Please rate, review, subscribe, do anything you can to support the show. We'll be back uh, with more later this week. Until next time, we will talk soon. Bye.